Hello all, Warren Williams here with a quick trailer. At about the 6 minute and 15 second mark, you will note that I combined files. I had begun an episode in late August for late August, early September. We weren't able to get that out when we wanted to because of stuff, you know, work and all kind of stuff. So we combined that particular file with a September episode. And so we will provide all of the links and all of the stuff that we were going to provide for the late August, early September one into one big file for you. So when you get to about the six minute and 15 second mark, uh, we will transition from one to the other. We edited some stuff out. So that will give you one longer episode uh, for September. And as you will hear at that six minute and 15 second mark, like I said there, it's all interrelated anyway. So it it really is not new stuff. It was just a continuation. So um, we wanted to give it to you all in one episode rather than giving you two. Again, with some links and information that we think you'll find useful. So tune in. It's not anything that's going to be jarring or, um, you know, disturbing in any way, I hope. <laughs> but at any rate, wanted to get this out to you as early in September as we could. And so here we go. Orrin Williams, co-host, co-producer with Dr. Akila Martin of the Roots Watering Hole podcast series, executive director of Center for Urban Transformation and food systems coordinator for the Chicago Partnership for Health Promotion, a program on the Office of Community Engagement and Neighborhood Health Partnerships at UIC. Peace. Hello, all. Orrin Williams here. I am the co-host and co-producer of the Roots Word and Hope podcast series, the executive director of the Center for Urban Transformation in Chicago, and also the food systems coordinator for the Chicago Partnership for Health Promotion, a program out of the Office of Community Engagement and Neighborhood Health Partnerships at UIC. Sorry I'm a little late, folks. Wanted to drop a second episode on you for the month of July. Uh, it's almost August, but anyway, kind of ran into a glitch. I wanted to get some people on to talk about four-season gardening, season extension, that sort of thing. Uh, all the people that I was connected to or directed toward seemed to be on vacation. Imagine that in the month of July uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. So we'll put that off and hopefully we'll get that to you uh, in September, perhaps. You know, we're not, not sure. August, September, maybe even October. I know uh, I have a workshop scheduled for around October the 1st with one of our partners. So and we will update you again uh, when that occurs. Uh, but in, in the interim, we would like to get some information out to you about season extension. Of course, if you look at the last couple of episodes or so, there was some information in there about uh, season extension, such as cold frames and garden cover cloth, tunnels, high and low. 
greenhouses, particularly a hobby or backyard uh, greenhouses. So there is some information that we've included previously, but you know, uh, even though it's hot and warm and all of that, uh, we know what's going on around the globe in terms of hot temperatures. It's not too early to uh, think about your fall gardening. So we put off um, our podcast with experts that we wanted to interview for you. But like I said, we're going to move forward. And here is a short episode. I did want to cover some ground and you will have links attached to this particular uh, episode. Uh, particularly dealing with things that you can still plant in uh, late July, early August, and preparation for fall gardening. Uh, Also included some links to information about inquiries that were made to me once during the Chicago Gross Food uh, Project. We have what we call office hours. And uh, one of the participants in our program uh, when I was manning the office, I was called about blossom and rot and tomatoes. And since then, I've had a couple other people talk to me about how to mitigate that. So you'll find some links related to that. There was also some inquiries about powdery mildew. You'll find links related to that. And also... Uh, You know, people are concerned about uh, whatever is eating their green leafy vegetables. So we included uh, a link uh, about how to mitigate those caterpillars in your garden, not just the ones that like your greens, but uh, there are other kinds of caterpillars that come after other uh, crops that you may be growing. So um, that's what we're going to cover uh, with this particular episode, like I say, I won't talk long. I'm pretty much done, actually. So I just wanted to get this out. Again, give you the heads up. We will be covering uh, season extension for you for season gardening or, in uh, you know, in essence, what you can do in the fall through the winter, coming into next spring and continuing on into summer 2023. Really excited about that. Uh, people that are, if they're so inclined at least, to uh, participate in gardening virtually year-round, there's certainly ways to do that, and we will help you cover that. Or if you only want to do three seasons, you can do that. Uh, And that's something that we've advocated for. Uh, Not that we are for or against winter gardening, but uh, a lot of times people want to sit winter out. You know, those of us who live in this part of the world, we understand that. Uh, but, you know, it's possible to do uh, with the right season extension uh, capacity or infrastructure um, at your house or in your community garden, whatever the case may be. So, again, we will cover that ground as soon as uh, our guests or potential guests are back from vacation and in place, and we will get that out. In the meantime, uh, you'll find some videos about what you can plant in USDA Hardiness Zone 6, uh, which we occupy. And, you know, there is some overlap between USDA Hardiness Zone 5 and 6. And so 
I think the information that we're providing about uh, growing crops for fall and getting stuff in the ground or seed sown uh, in July and August, uh, I think you'll find that useful and we will include those links as well. So that's it in terms of me yakking at you. And so I'm going to close out, uh, take a look at the links that will be included. So again, uh, Oren Williams here, signing out. Happy gardening. Peace. Uh, but they're all kind of interrelated in that we are really talking about fall gardening at this point. And we want to introduce the concept of fall gardening because, and it's perfectly okay if you want to garden from, say, you know, the 1st of June, middle of June, and you want to wrap things up in September. That is perfectly okay. There's no right or wrong way to do this. However, we just want to offer people the opportunity to consider that their growing season is longer than we take the opportunity to explore. And so, again, no right or wrong. You do it however it suits you, but um, you can extend the season. There are also other things that you can do, such as select um, seeds or crops that have a short maturity season. And we will share some of that information and the links on the webpage uh, here uh, at my home garden. We have done some seed starts, experimented with that, with seasons with, or with seeds, I should say, with short uh, maturity periods. Uh, we also just put some directly into our grow bags to see how that goes. There is a dearth of seedlings available for fall gardeners. There was an entity here in Chicago that had fall seedlings, if you will, but they've since gone out of business. And so there's a gap in terms of seedlings, but all is not lost. Again, if you consider the opportunity to uh, sow seed directly uh, into whatever medium you use. And again, I'll remind people that our focus is, uh, in terms of home gardening, fabric grow bags. Um, and, and again, I'll repeat this again. Our main reason is to mitigate some of the soil contamination and soil quality issues that exist here in Chicago. And we want people to be able to garden, but we also want people to be able to do so safely. And people don't have uh, oftentimes the, the, the money to buy wood, buy a lot of soil, do raised beds. All of that stuff is labor-intensive as well. And so the grow bags offer an alternative and opportunity for people who are interested in gardening to do um, just that. And so uh, that's why we focus on the fabric grow bags in terms of our work. Also, proud to let everybody know that 
with our partners in the Chicago Gross Food Coalition, we were able to install about 50 home garden systems for people, um, mostly on the south and west side. So really happy about that. And kudos to our partners and gardeners in particular um, and Stein Learning Garden and their team. Um, they delivered the grow bags, the soil, the seedlings, the seed, all of the things that our home garden installations required. And so, again, thank them and the coalition uh, that included other organizations. And you can read about that coalition at the Chicago Gross Food website. I don't want to leave anybody out. <laughs> so it is a really wonderful coalition. Of course, I'm at UIC. We had people uh, from other departments at UIC, from other universities, from organizations that work in the community. We had community members and volunteers that were all part of the activity that got this done. And so um, I'll go on record. I hope my coalition members don't scold me. I don't think they will. But we we would like to increase our program for next year and get more people involved in home gardening as we really have a vision to have an extensive home and community gardening network evolve in the city of Chicago and in other places. There are other cities and organizations and communities where the efficacy and desire for home gardening is increasing exponentially as well. That does not, in my mind at least, uh, interfere with or compete against our urban farming and uh, small rural farming folks in terms of food production. Uh, it just adds to that network and uh, increases opportunities for food security, but also increases opportunities to grow more varieties of food, to engage in activities like seed starting, seed saving, all those things that uh, increase the diversity of food that's available to uh, people uh, in their homes and in our communities as opposed to the few items that are typically available at the grocery store uh, and those sorts of places. So there's a lot to this. I won't go into it here. We'll cover more of that as we move on into uh, the winter and talk more about this and as we prepare uh, for next season. And actually... Preparation for next season, I think a lot of people are realizing uh, sort of what I've been saying for a while. Uh, it's an ongoing process. So, you know, we're actually preparing for next season now. And so that's also the connection between fall gardening and, and um, seed selections, for example, that have short maturity terms. And so one thing you want to think about is if you want to start a little earlier in the season, 
you might want to think about those same varieties in terms of your spring garden. And one reason why you may want to do that is because you may get a crop in, uh, particularly as we deal with climate change and this wild weather uh, variability that we deal with, where we had some very hot weather in May and June, and things were kind of out of whack for a lot of people. So uh, take these same seeds and that are going to mature in 45 and 50 days and get them going in mid-April. A lot of these things are cold-hardy, even prefer cooler soil temperatures and all that stuff. That are things that, as we become more sophisticated and advanced in our gardening knowledge, make a difference. So uh, we hope to discuss more of those kinds of things as we move along as well. So I'm going to wrap this up and I'm going to refer you to the webpage that will accompany the episodes here, this one and the one that we wanted to publish in August. Refer you to the website. We got some good links for you with some people doing some important work. A lot of the stuff will reiterate what I've been saying, but you know, you also get the visual and you will get the opportunity to explore other voices, if you will, and other thoughts about spring and fall gardening uh, and even into the winter. We are moving in a direction where we want people to, if they're interested, and if they have some capability, and that, again, uh, is dependent upon what sort of access they have to, to, to money and those sorts of things, um, are able to grow uh, into the winter. Uh, and, you know, we covered some of that before, but we'll continue to cover that uh, in terms of season extension. And so, yeah, like, so I guess my real point is don't think you're limited to that sort of June through September gardening. You've got opportunities to garden pretty much year-round. And so for those of you interested, take advantage of that. And those of you that want to garden during the traditional season, continue to do that as well. Again, there's no right or wrong way. We support whatever it is you want to do and try to get you the information that you need or point you in the direction to get the information that you need to garden in ways that work for you. So again, signing off pretty quickly here, uh, Oren Williams, Food Systems Coordinator for Chicago Partnership for Health Promotion, Roots Ward and Whole Podcast Series, and our Garden Education Project, all of that stuff. Peace.